This is Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates, and this is the Retirement Ready Show. Our goal is to educate you on the many topics of retirement and inform you how to create a successful Retirement Ready Roadmap. Thank you for joining me today for another episode where we will make your Retirement Ready Roadmap simple. I'm Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates. You can always visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Lots of great tools and resources, some really incredible ways to connect with us, completely complimentary. If you have a quick question, you can set up a 15-minute phone call, or if you'd like a second set of eyes on your plan, or maybe you're someone that's doing your plan yourself, or you might be in that group that hasn't even started. In any of those cases, we can help. That's completely complimentary. We can do that in person or virtually at any of our offices. If you visit us, you'll be able to see the calendar and schedule those directly right at retirementreadyshow.com. And for our great friends in Wisconsin, we don't have another evening workshop for about a month. Uh, We're going to likely be doing those a little bit less this year. We've had so many great folks from the community that are coming in. We just don't have a ton of time to do those. But we are going to be out in Pewaukee on February 6th and 7th, 6.30 p.m., talking about the economy. Is the Fed going to cut rates? What's that mean for retirement? We're going to talk about taxes. We know taxes are going up in January 26th. That can be detrimental to your retirement accounts unless you plan for it ahead of time. There's some great things you can do. We're going to give you some actionable steps. Those are completely complimentary, but we do need people to register ahead of time. Those classes have been filling up, and there is limited seating. So we need you to register. You can see those dates and times and register right at retirementreadyshow.com. Got the handsome, the tan, tan Brad Allen. Tanner, yeah. Tanner, little, little <laughs> trip to the, was it the Panhandle of Florida with the yeah, family? Yeah, yeah, we went to uh, Rosemary Beach, kind of by uh, Pensacola, some of that area. And you guys drove. We drove. It's a long, that's a long drive. Yeah. How the kids do? Were they sleeping in the car? Or? They were, uh, they were out. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we had the movies playing and all that, trying to keep them busy. But and they like fight the car, for ten or eleven hours oh and sleep gosh. for five. Or if my voice sounds a little scratchy right now, it's from <laughs> yelling in the back of the car. <laughs> You're brave, I think. Correct me. Five and seven years old, boy. That's that's yeah. a long drive. And then my 15-year-old all the way in the back just kind of dealing with whatever the five and the seven-year-old are doing right, up front. So right. I give more credit to him than anybody. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, it's exciting to kick off the new year, and I got to get used to saying 2024. I got to get used to writing it. Seems like 23 went quick. It went really quick. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we just did this show uh, talking about New Year's resolutions and all that kind of stuff. Well, we did. I know. (laughs) We did. Well, I want to talk a little bit, Brad, as we kick off the new year. I think it's kind of a fun time. So many people do resolutions, and I think there's financial resolutions you can do as well, and, and things to improve your either retirement planning if you're not yet retired or your retirement if you've already made that big decision. And there's kind of nine big areas that can be blunders, I think, that that people can run into. So I want to talk about some of those, and more importantly, how to avoid them. So Picture this, Brad. You've just embarked on a thrilling cross-country road trip. You're the guy to talk to about this, right? The kind you've dreamed about for years. Retirement is that journey. And while the horizon is always filled with promise, I think sometimes the path to get there can be difficult. I've been a financial advisor helping my clients with this retirement journey for a good time, good period of time now. And, And when I say retirement planning isn't always smooth sailing, 
that's accurate, right? We always talk about with our retirement ready roadmap, Brad, where you have to be willing to make mid-course corrections, right? It's not the direction of the wind, it's the set of the sail. This isn't something that's set in stone. It needs to be a living, breathing document that continues to adjust and get better. And you put in a hard work over all those years, but now you really do want to take your foot off the gas and be able to enjoy all these savings. Making a wrong turn or missing an exit can really lead to sleepless nights, second-guessing your financial decisions, or even that gut-wrenching kind of fear of wondering, will my money last as long as I do? But I think the good news, Brad, being informed and alert can help make a difference. So I want everybody to grab a pen and paper or just kind of lean in and listen today because we're going to dive deep into some of those top retirement mistakes that we want you to try to avoid. But before we dive in, remember there's no need to navigate this journey alone. If you've been nodding your head or raising an eyebrow, reach out to us. You can visit us at retirementreadyshow.com, set up a complimentary retirement strategy session to help steer you clear of these kind of pitfalls and really make sure you're on a good path. So today's show is going to be packed with valuable insights to guide your retirement journey. But while these tips are essential, there's an unparalleled value in personal guidance. So each of our financial paths is as unique as we are, and we're really committing to crafting tailored strategies that really help align you with your dreams and kind of what we call the why behind your retirement, what you're trying to accomplish. So let's jump in, Brad. I think the first blunder I want to talk about today is inappropriate investing just before and right after retirement. Real quick, I haven't heard that word for a while. Blunder. Blunder. You like I that? I like it. Yeah, kind of like a blender, blunder. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I thought it sounded good. I like yeah. it. All I right. like it. So inappropriate investing. So it, one of the hardest things to do is is to get to retirement and to start drawing from accounts everybody's told you not to touch your whole life. That's a hard thing, that income planning, knowing where to draw from, those kind of things. But another difficult thing that makes that, that decision even harder would be to, to be too aggressive going into retirement or early in retirement and all of a sudden the market crashes or the market goes down or something big happens and, and maybe you were too aggressive during that time period. And that happens a lot. You know, when somebody comes in for an appointment, one of the first things that we do is try to figure out what is their risk tolerance? What, what, what kind of risk are they comfortable taking at this point in their life? And oftentimes, you know, we'll take that questionnaire and they'll come out at a, a risk level and it'll be pretty conservative at that point. And then we can actually take their, their current portfolio, you know, the 401k, the IRAs, the non-qualified. We take those statements, put the, the, the different, um, investments into the program and show them how much actual risk are they taking versus where their comfort zone is. And it's usually pretty far off. You know, a lot of people think they're pretty conservative. But once they see when we put that together, they're actually a lot more aggressive than what they thought they would be, you know, and, and, and oftentimes what happens is people don't realize how aggressive they are in the market until it's too late, until the market actually goes down. And that's the worst time to figure that out, right? That's at the time now you can't do anything about it. So when we're putting those kind of uh, portfolios together in the office, when we're putting that plan together and looking at risk. The objective there is to figure out how much actual risk are you taking versus where your comfort zone is, because if it is way off, it, if, if the risk is way higher than your comfort zone, well, now is the time to fix that, right? Before the market actually does crash, before the market actually does go down or a 2008 or 2001 were to happen, right? So it's important to look at that kind of stuff ahead of time. When you're putting that plan together, one of the decisions you have to make is 
going into my retirement, whether it's a year, two years, five years away, how aggressive do I want to be or what kind of buckets do I have in my portfolio and at what risk levels are they at? That it's a, it's a big deal the closer you get because you run out of the time to make it back the closer you get to retirement or being in retirement. I think it's a great point, Brad. And, and you know, time is the one luxury that's not on our side at this stage of life and, and in retirement. And, you know, in the industry is what we call sequence of return risk. It's that, as, as you mentioned, it's that risk of losing money early on. And we know it can be impactful. I guess the challenging part, Brad, at least for me, I'd love to hear your opinion, but Sometimes we meet clients and we're in, not in a, you know, maybe it's a time period where we're not in a great market period. And they said, hey, I was trying to do this on my own or my advisor, I guess, had me invest more aggressively than I thought. And they've lost so much in that first time period in retirement that now we are wondering, do you have enough? Do they have to go back to work? Do they have to cut back spending? Do they have to eliminate some of the bucket list things, right? All those tough decisions you don't want to have to make. And the challenging part, I think, from our seat is usually that's avoidable, right? There's some great things you can do to make sure the first 10 or 15 years worth of your income needs are squared away. So then you don't have to worry so much. In in a sense, we talked about being, you know, time not being on our side. In a sense, that buys you back time because now if the markets are down in the short term, the portion of the portfolio that's at risk isn't really important. I don't want to say it's not important, but it's not as critical because we don't need it for the first decade or 15 years. So I think, you know, coming up with solutions is really important. There are great solutions, but I guess in action or just not doing anything and hoping, you know, I kind of always say hope's not a strategy, but that's a frustrating for me. Yeah, you know, you don't want to get to the point where you're retired now and all these things that you dreamed about doing, like traveling the world or whatever that whatever that is for you, where you can't do it, right? Because you're having to cut down on spending because the market went down, you lost too much, and now you're worried about not having enough. I met so many people over the last couple of years who the first couple of years of their retirement were already kind of lost because of COVID and travel restrictions and all these kind of things. So you just want to, you know, you want to go into that that retirement with a plan that says, okay, I have the go-go, the slow-go, and the no-go phase of retirement. And in these go-go years, that's when I want to spend the most money and be strategic about that, right? Know how much that's going to cost ahead of time, or at least around how much it's going to cost, and come up with a plan on how to maybe keep that portion of your money a little bit more conservative so it's easier to take out whether the market's up or down. There's different ways you can do it. It's just putting that plan together is the most important step. Yeah, that's that four-letter word, plan, right, that sometimes people don't don't like to do. And, you know, it's interesting to me. I think financial topics are not always everybody's forte. <clears throat> Pardon me. We certainly meet people that are very well-versed and they've done a great job educating themselves and maybe even enjoy investments. And then you meet people that say, Tony, I don't know. I did what I was supposed to do. I stuck money away in that 40-whatever-number account it was. And, you know, I just don't know how this all comes together. It's not what I want to be thinking about in retirement. And then you have people, you know, all over in between. But, you know, plan, plan, plan is what it comes down to. Because a lot of these problems, like this sequence of return risk, like this idea of running out of money too early, they can be resolved. But it's better. The earlier is always better. Right. It's always better to attack these earlier. We're going to talk about taxes a little bit later after the break. We're going to talk about some of the biggest mistakes, blunders that people make with Social Security. But I think it's really important to consider this and to have a plan for this because so much of this 
can be dealt with. One of the big things we talk about, Brad, kind of the biggest ticking tax time bomb is for married couples. You know, if you're making, let's call it $80,000 married filing jointly, you're in the 12% bracket. When that first spouse passes away with even a little bit less income, you're now pushed into the 22% bracket. That's a great example, Brad, of getting started early. If we can meet you before that first spouse passes, a lot of times we can solve that risk. But once that first spouse passes, we're, we're kind of in a tough position. So getting going early is important. Having a plan is important. That's where we want to help you completely complimentary set up your retirement ready roadmap. Great topic this week, Brad. We're talking about kind of nine of the most common, I'm, I'm calling them blunders. I guess you didn't like that word. So we'll call them mistakes that you can make in retirement. And the next one I think is rushing into Social Security, right? And and just to set the stage, you can start Social Security early at 62, but you take a 25% reduction. If you wait till full retirement, which for most of us is 67, it's going to grow at 6% a year from 62 to 67. If you then delay it till 70, it's going to grow at 8% a year, plus any cost of living increases that you get during that time period. But I think the data is pretty clear, Brad. Most people flip it on at 62. Yeah, I don't think I've ever met somebody who was actually convinced that they had the right social security strategy until they came in, right? I mean, there's so many different ways to take it, and, and there used to be spousal benefits. And, and in some way, shape, and form, there still is. But social security is one of those things where you have to treat it like another account that you've been putting money into your whole life because you have, right? It's been coming from your payroll taxes, every single paycheck, um, and you want to take it out the right way. So you don't want to take it too early, but you also you don't want to wait too late as well. I mean, a lot of people wait till 70 to take social security and yeah, it's been growing at six or 8% per year, every year that you didn't take it, but there is a break even point, right? You have to live a certain amount of time after that in order to recoup what you would have gotten had you taken it earlier. So to me, social security comes down to what is, what does the portfolio look like? You know, what does everything else look like? And that's going to tell you when to take social security, Give you an example. So let's say you have a portfolio and it has a million dollars in it, but all that million dollars is tax deferred money. It's all IRAs. It's all 401k money. So you're going to pay taxes on every dollar that you take out of those accounts over time in retirement. And, and, and that could pose a potential higher tax bracket, especially in your seventies when they start forcing you to take money out. Right. So one of the strategies might be to, to not take social security right away at 62 or whenever you're retiring, but to draw from one of the IRAs first, because early in retirement, you'll be in a much lower tax bracket than, than what you will be later on. Right. You don't have any other income. Your income from work just dropped off. You haven't turned social security on yet. So your income is nearly zero. Um, so every dollar you take out of your IRA at that point, you're going to pay taxes on it, but you'll be in the lowest tax bracket of your life. And all the while social security sitting there growing in the background. So it's, it's, it's still growing, but it's not, you know, just for the sake of growing. It's for the sake of paying less taxes today than what you're going to pay in the future. And, and, you know, social security with all the different strategies that are out there. I know we talk about our retirement planning uh, quite a bit on the show here in the different areas that we cover, but income planning is one of those areas. And social security is one of the biggest parts of a person's income planning. When to take that to make the whole portfolio last the longest or pay the least amount of taxes over time. 
And with the hundreds of different ways you can do it, I would recommend whether it's with us and we're not going to be the best fit for everybody, but whether it's with us or whoever you work with, whoever you're thinking about working with, make social security a priority as far as putting it into the overall plan before you just jump and take it or decide to wait till 70. Make sure that that makes sense in your overall plan. Hey, podcast fans. If you're ready to take the next steps to create your retirement-ready roadmap, then visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Here you can download educational white papers, sign up for educational no-obligation workshops, or schedule your complimentary consultation. Also, don't forget to follow us and like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Now back to the podcast. I always like how you say that, Brad. You know, think about Social Security as an asset, not just income. Um, You know, obviously it is income at the end of the day, but not a whole lot of places, if your plan makes sense. There's lots of scenarios where it makes sense for people to take it at 62, right? But if it makes sense to defer it or have one of the two and a couple defer it, Boy, it's it, it, even as great as bond rates were here this last year, year and a half, it, there's nobody guaranteeing you 6 and 8% rates of, of growth year after year. So that's a pretty good rate of return if you feel like you have longevity on your side and it makes sense. But to your point, making an active part of the plan. Next kind of blunder mistake I want to talk about, Brad, is not planning for longevity. And I think when you think about today's medical advancements and healthier lifestyles, People are living longer than they ever have. And this has really the potential for posing one of the most significant financial challenges for retirees, and that's outliving their savings. It's probably the number one question we get. Do I have enough money? Am I going to be okay? So imagine you plan you know, for a road trip for a set number of days, and, and you did lots of planning, sorted out all the details. But then deciding to extend your vacation without packing extra essentials or budgeting for the extended time, you'd probably find yourself short on resources. In the same way, if you underestimate your lifespan, you might find later years overshadowed by financial stress, precisely at a time where you should be relaxing, enjoying life. I know, Brad, sometimes we get the couples come in, and it's usually the husband that says, oh, I'm just going to have my wife take me out to the woodshed if I you know, hit this age. But reality is we are living longer. So you want to, again, it comes down to plan. You want to plan for that. I think it's really important to recognize that living into your 80s, 90s, or even reaching 100 is not nearly as rare as it once was. So when you're thinking about your retirement strategy, you can really be wise to lean on the side of caution and plan for a longer life. Ensuring you have a buffer can really make a world of difference. I think it's really important to be prepared for those extra years rather than coming up short. And I know this is a concern that you hear every day as well, Brad. Yeah. I mean, people are living longer and longer and and that's great, right? I mean, that's what you want. You want to live as long as possible and healthy and, but they're, they're staying active for more long, uh, longer periods of time as well. But, you know, I mentioned earlier in the show, you have the go, go, the slow, slow go and the no go phase. And in, in that no go phase is kind of, if you ever go into a nursing home or, you know, anything like that, that, that long-term planning, you should have a plan for that as well. And it it may not necessarily be long-term care insurance. It could just be, coming up with a plan on do you have enough to be able to draw from the funds along the way if that did happen. You also have to think about, Tony, you mentioned it earlier, is what happens if one spouse either goes into the nursing home or if one spouse passes, right? I mean, 
you go from a joint tax bracket at that point to an individual tax bracket, which is much more narrow, but all the income remains relatively the same. You know, one of the two social securities will drop off if one spouse passes, the higher of the two would stay. Um, but all the RMDs, all the IRAs, all those accounts would transfer to the remaining spouse and they would still have to take that money out on a yearly basis, just like they did when they were married. The only difference is the tax bracket is, is much more narrow, right? So you could be in a much higher tax bracket as an individual versus a joint couple. So it's something to plan for. It's something to think about. Tax strategies are not for just that go-go period of retirement. They're for the, the no-go period or that, that period when there's just one spouse left over later on down the road as well. So all of these things seem, you know, when you're talking about all these different areas or blunders or mistakes, I mean, it, it seems kind of overwhelming when you're just listening to it. But this is why you put a plan together. All of this should be in your retirement plan, all income planning, investments, uh, long-term care, estate planning, social security, all of that should be in that retirement plan and it should be holistic, right? It should be working together, right? What you do in the investments is going to affect the social security. It's going to affect the estate. It's going to affect all these different things. So it all needs to be part of one retirement plan really does need to be part of a plan, Brad, and I think you bring up some some great points. And again, it, the part that's always so challenging for me, and I guess it's a time as, as we kind of kick off a new year to think about this, is many, if not all of these problems really are solvable. But the worst thing you can do is kind of procrastinate or ignore them or, or just hope that, that it's all going to work out okay. A lot of things can be planned for. That's why it's really important to have a relationship with your financial advisor, fiduciary that can really, you know, be willing and, and able to talk about things that are uncomfortable to talk about. And he or she should be bringing those things up. And, and you want that relationship where you can talk about some of these sensitive things because they are solvable. There's so many of them in retirement that can pop up, but oftentimes they are solvable. None of us want to talk about outliving our money or winding up in a nursing home and not having, you know, maybe leaving our spouse impoverished because all this money went to the nursing home. But again, Great ways to deal with these things if you come up with a plan. And that's why in our Retirement Ready Roadmap, we really address all five areas. I think so many people come in, Brad, and you always ask that great question. Do you just have a portfolio or do you have a plan? Portfolio is important. That's one of the five steps on the Retirement Ready Roadmap, but it's just part of it. We need to make sure those other areas are secure so we know your retirement is secure. Kind of jumping into the new year, kind of dealing with the cooler temps here in the upper Midwest and and talking about kind of some different blunders, mistakes, things you really want to avoid in retirement, some of the most common ones. And the next one, we were talking earlier today about, you know, maybe investing too risky, right, and putting yourself at risk about living your assets. But on the flip side of that coin, you can also invest too conservatively where you don't even keep up with inflation. Yeah, sometimes uh, people go a little crazy with that, right? They, they they say, I want to get as conservative as possible, and they put everything into whether it's cash or CDs or whatever kind of safe bucket it is. But you have to be careful with that because you do have risk. Well, there is different types of risks, right? You have market risk, you have legislation risk, but then you also have inflation risk. And inflation risk is the, the risk that your money's not working for you enough to keep up with that inflation over time. 
And inflation's been a little bit higher the last couple of years here. We went through a period of time where inflation was very, very low for a long time. And now it's kind of creeping back up and we're seeing interest rates go up and all those things. Um, but you want to put inflation into your plan. Usually the one thing that people forget to put in there is that inflation over time. You know, what things cost today is going to look different 10 years from now. You know, we can see that over just the last couple of years, look at groceries, you know, three years ago versus today. And, and, and you want to account for that in your plan. Now you can't know exactly what inflation is going to be, but you can use the hundred year average. You could use 3%. You could use 3.2. You know, there's different averages you can do there, but that needs to be part of your plan. Because if you have everything too conservative and that money's not keeping up with inflation, you're losing money, maybe not in the market, but you're losing money to that inflation. And I think, Brad, it's, if anything, error on a conservative side, meaning count on more inflation, right? If we count on more income needs and in 10, 20 years into retirement, you're like, geez, I'm just not spending that much. You're going to be in a better position because your balances are going to be higher, right? But we don't want to be on the flip side of that coin. I think another mistake we see, Brad, is people assuming that taxes are going to be lower in retirement. Maybe, you know, if you're listening and maybe you fall in this group, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, somebody in your life said, stick everything you can into that 401k at work, because when you retire, you'll be in such a tiny tax bracket, you'll barely pay anything. And I think we have seen that this is not always the case, especially if you're in your 70s taking required minimum distributions. That's taxable income. And remember, you have to take those out whether you want it or need it or not. Otherwise, you pay a tax penalty, taxable income. And in the worst tax brackets, ordinary income. If you're fortunate to have a pension, taxable income, right? For most of us, can Social Security not be taxed at all? Yes. But for most of us, some portion of it is included at ordinary income, anywhere from zero to 85% of that total taxed at whatever tax bracket you're in. So that can be taxable income. You start to add these all together, can start to push into higher tax brackets. The other kind of sock in the eye we got here in the last handful of years is 2017 Tax Cut and Jobs Act. Yes, that brought the rates down. But it also doubled the standard deduction. So most of us are unable to write off any charitable contributions anymore. So you may actually find yourself in a higher tax bracket in your 70s. Now, the great news is there's lots you can do from a tax planning perspective. When you're planning for retirement, you want to be realistic about these tax burdens. If you underestimate taxes end up being higher, it can really put a strain on your, your balances. And a well-crafted retirement plan, a retirement-ready roadmap considers these tax scenarios. And remember, it's not not just thinking about those 70s, but also acknowledging that taxes are going up in January 2026. So it's not a question of if they're going up, it's when. We know when it's going to happen. The if becomes the second part of that conversation. And that's really talking about you know, will they go up even more? When you look at our country's debt, it's hard to imagine they're not going to go up more. So I don't want folks to underestimate where they'll be from a tax perspective in retirement. Next one, Brad, a lot of people don't like to think about this because it's uncomfortable to talk about, but it's ignoring the potential for long-term care costs. It is often overlooked aspect of retirement planning is preparing for the potential need of, uh, Long-term care statistics, statistics, well, that's easy for one. me to say, huh? reveals that uh, about seven out of 10 individuals will require some form of LTC during their lifetime. So, 
Yet many retirees either underestimate or completely disregard the hefty expenses associated with it. So to put that into perspective, a a single year in a nursing home can cost over $100,000. Even if, if care is provided in an assisted living facility at home, the annual cost is significant. It could be up to $60,000. So you want to put that into your retirement plan. This needs to be something that you're planning for. If people are going to live longer, right? We talked about it earlier in the show. There's more of a potential that they could be in a nursing home or assisted living or, or, or those kind of things later on down the road. So it has to be part of that overall plan. Again, there's different ways to cover that. It doesn't necessarily have to be long-term care insurance. There's a lot of different ways that you could self-fund those things, but you want to have that as part of your plan. Definitely want to have that as part of the plan. And this next one, Brad, you know, I think we're seeing this less and less, if you will. But I think tradition has been interesting. I've been doing this long enough that, you know, my first set of retirees early in my career, a lot of them didn't have email, you know, and it was a different generation. And oftentimes, one of the two in the relationship handled the finances. And oftentimes, the other one would tell me, I have no idea what's going on. I count on him or her to do it for me. And that that's great. I mean, I think that's the beauty of a relationship, right? We all have our different strengths and weaknesses. And obviously, you know, hopefully one of the two is better, stronger at finances and kind of head that up. But I think it's a mistake to not discuss the finances with that other spouse and let them know kind of what's happening. Yeah, you need to be on the same page, right? You need to know where the accounts are, make sure that the beneficiaries are on those accounts. You just have to realize, even if you are the one handling all the finances, if you're not here tomorrow, what is your spouse going to do, right? Uh, do they know where to go? Do they know where the the bank uh, information is or the, 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 the 401k information, whatever it might be? So, you know, having that conversation, although, you know, uh, for some reason, a lot of people don't like to talk about finances and those things. It just makes people uncomfortable, right? But it is very important not only to talk about it with your spouse, but I would argue that it's important to talk about it with your kids at, at some point down the road as well. Who's going to be the person that takes care of the finances when we can't make those decisions anymore or, you know, those things down the road. So definitely a, a family discussion for, for some other time. I, th- I think the other thing I want to talk about, Brad Blunder, mistake is not getting a second opinion. You know, and trusting your financial future to one viewpoint can be a risky proposition. And while you might have a trusted financial advisor who's guided you through years or decades in your working career, it's always wise to seek a second opinion when you kind of are approaching this retirement stage. Just like you get a second uh, opinion on a medical question before a major procedure, your financial health deserves the same consideration. Sometimes a different perspective can often spot an overlooked opportunity or potential windfall, and financial strategies and products evolve over time. A different advisor might introduce you to newer, more efficient approaches that align better with your retirement goals. When you get this second opinion, you're really doing your due diligence to ensure the retirement strategy is robust, comprehensive, and holistic. I mean, I think that's the big point we want to get across is sometimes it makes sense to work with the specialist. The analogy I always use, Brad, is, you know, God forbid I had a a major heart issue. I'm not going to go to my general family practitioner, right, or or an intern. I'm going to go to a cardiologist who specializes in this issue, right? And it's no different in retirement. There's so many moving parts. 
getting this right in retirement is important. Getting someone who understands all those points. We've, we've all heard scenarios, or maybe you've been in it with an advisory call up, ask a tax court, and they say, great question, I'm not an accountant, click, right? Those pieces, the five parts you described earlier, those really need to be working in tandem, and it's really important to have someone that specializes just in retirement because there's so many unique things that happen. And then the last one we'll talk about today, Brad, is bringing it home, our favorite word, it's important to have a plan. Not having a plan can be really detrimental. Without a doubt. One of the most critical uh, oversights in retirement preparation is the lack of sound, comprehensive retirement planning. Uh, this goes beyond just saving and investing. It's about creating a blueprint for the future that integrates all the various facets of your, your retirement journey. So while each of the, the, the blunders we've discussed or the mistakes we've discussed earlier today can individually cause significant disruption, the compounded effect of multiple missteps can be potentially devastating. And, and thorough retirement planning helps to ensure that all these pitfalls are acknowledged and accounted for. And, you know, there's a lot of folks out there who 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 are just managing their own funds and, and they're doing retirement on their own. And, and generally that's okay. If you know what you're doing, you're watching it every day. And, but for those folks that, that need help, that, that need somebody to kind of walk them through, what are the steps I need to take to make sure that my retirement is going to be sound, to make sure that I'm accounting for all the things that, that I need to, we're here, right? I mean, there's advisor. That's what advisors are for. And, and, and at Drake and Associates, we specialize in retirement planning. So this is what we do every day, all day, all month, all year is getting people from the time they stop working, uh, to the end, you know, and, and to make sure that we're not missing anything. We're taking advantage of all the different strategies and making sure we have an efficient portfolio and all those different things. So not getting a second set of eyes is usually a mistake, whether you're going to decide to work with that person or not, a second set of eyes can really help out. Really can help out. And that's where we want to step in and help you with the Retirement Ready Roadmap. Completely complimentary process. We can do that virtually or in person and really start to bring these pieces of the puzzle together and help you avoid these and many other common retirement mistakes. You don't want to be in that group and we want to assist you. Set up a complimentary appointment with us. We would love to help. And we appreciate you listening to the Retirement Ready Show. Hey, podcast fans, if you're ready to take the next steps to create your Retirement Ready Roadmap, then visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Here you can download educational white papers, sign up for educational no-obligation workshops, or schedule your complimentary consultation. Also, don't forget to follow and like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. Drake & Associates LLC is an independent financial services firm that utilizes a variety of investment and insurance products. Advisory services offered through Drake & Associates LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Drake & Associates LLC is not permitted to offer. No statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Drake & Associates LLC.